Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City, or in this case, we're uh, spread around the, this great city and this great country. Uh, I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the Graphic Novels Review Editor for Publishers Weekly, as well as the Editor-in-Chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And you can check us out on Twitter at at PWComicsWorld. And I'm Kate Simmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to more to come on iTunes and on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. So, this week on more to come, (laughs) San Diego Comic-Con International. (laughs) <laughs> and yes, we're spread out in various remote uh, locations yeah, I think in New York City. At least City. Calvin and I are a little mentally spread out as well. So, uh, well, that's you know, for sure. Definitely have <laughs> yeah. con brain, so oh, con a voice. Doubt. But you know, we're here. We're alert. I'm, I'm in a fetal position, wrapped up in a sleeping <laughs> bag, drinking cold brew. So you and know, that's I, my survival I, mode. I should be. Um, you know, my flight got canceled. I had the red eye back Sunday night, so we, I had to spend another night at an airport hotel. Nice. So, um, but um, I mean, obviously, we're going to get into the the whole thing. But Comic Con, if you can imagine it, has become an even more intense experience than, and it was pretty intense all already. Yes, uh, I, that's what a would great you say? word. I would agree. You know, I do think it's a little bit of a myth that it's gotten bigger. You know, I had various uh, discussions with people about whether there was more people this year. I think it's kind of been capped even for looky-loos. However, there were more things that people were doing. Uh, You know, the activations are definitely getting more intense. So they're getting more complex and more, you know, one of the hottest things at Con was this Westworld activation over at the Hilton. Oh, God, yes. People, this might be the first year that people were sleeping out for activations. Apparently people were sleeping out for Game of Thrones, sleeping out for Westworld, and that was kind of crazy. So what were were these activations? No, I don't know. I didn't sleep out. (laughs) Uh, well, I know, I, but maybe you heard I, about I mean, them. I actually read an account in the Times and uh, and and talked to a few people online. But yeah, you know, I mean, in fact, inside of my hotel, there were lines in my hotel where you, you get a you got a ticket for Westworld and you went off to somewhere in uh, the gas lamp district where you went into some sort of virtual experience. Right. It right. was. I mean, there were lines everywhere. Well, and I, did- I have to say. Heidi, I, I do think that there were certainly more. It seemed to me there were more people around this, the convention center, but I felt like there was even more people inside. And I mean, I understand it, it, there's always throngs of people, but I, it, it was a new level. I think you might be correct about that. I think what because what I noticed was I was staying on the other side of the tracks this year. I was staying at the other Hilton, uh, the Hilton uh-huh, Gosling, yeah. and. Uh, which is a fantastic location, but but I did notice that you know that's on Fourth Avenue, like Fourth Avenue and Fifth Avenue and Sixth Avenue is kind of these three streets that are the epicenter because the yes. hotels are there and the, you know some of the parties are there. And but as soon as I got to Third Avenue, it was a ghost town, you know. Yeah. And Second <laughs> Avenue. So it, and you know in years past, it's like I've seen people like sw- swarming the streets, you know, all over the place, and even like. 
past maybe the first three blocks. I think there. I think this is what what we really saw is that there was more people. They were contained in a smaller area of downtown, and in the uh, convention I, center I floor, agree. as you're saying. I really think so because the, the activations. I mean, they were everywhere. I mean, um, I mean, up and down Fifth Avenue, there were there were intense lines to get into to things. Right. Um, I, I just the intensity of the experience. I mean, you, you mean some of the lines were you know you, you had that freight train effect where a you know a, a guardrail would go down and you'd have to stand for fifteen minutes while the line circulated to fill up the hall. Yeah. I mean, yes. it was just, and people were sleeping at the marina. People were sleeping and lined up on the marina from the bayfront all the way to Roy's. Yes. Yes. Well, I saw, you know, I've rarely been out, but I was on a boat a couple times, which actually is unusual. So that's more of a spread up. But, but, you know, and when you see these people like, like sleeping out on this island behind the convention center, but like way far on beyond, you know, it's like, it, it's just insane. It really is just, it's, it, just, it's, I mean, we say this every was year. Was that all for Westworld? Well, or no, what no, no, that? no. That was for Hall H. That was for Hall H. It was Hall H, yes. Yeah. But, you know, I did get into, I did get into uh, a couple of activations. You know, some of them have press previews. Um, uh-huh. Like there was a, but but a lot of them was it was very hard even to get into the press previews. You know, <laughs> uh, I've never been in this Game of Thrones thing, which apparently yeah. you go in and you you put yourself in scenes from Game of Thrones. And uh-huh. uh, but I got into this tick activation. I also got into the Legion activation, which were two of the hot activations. Yes. Yes. But uh, they were very. The, the tick one was. You know, tick is a is a uh, streaming series on Amazon, and Amazon mm-hmm. spent so much money at this con. Oh my God! They had like like a street team with tick people. Like I, I one morning I saw must have been tw- forty people, forty people in these tick T-shirts handing out coupons for Amazon's food service. You know, like you got ten dollars off their seamless oh, uh, thing, yeah. and and once sure. you did the the thing, the tick experience, like you was you ask how old you were and where you live, and you answer all these questions about Amazon Prime, and you know it was really data mining. Like it was like yeah. I, I keep saying this, but it was like being in an episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> Well, uh, well, Comic Con is is uh, uh, increasingly a sort of parallel universe, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but look, we can talk about uh, the wonder of it all forever. Um, yes. um, it's like a bad acid what, what, trip or a good acid trip. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, you know, what I have to admit, I mean, I, I have to admit, I, I, I guess maybe I'm just addicted to it or a thrill seeker or something, but. You know, once I'm there, I, I give myself over to it, you know, so. Yes, yes. And, you know, that's why I will say, it's like I had planned mine. I, 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 I um, alternate in years. One year, I will kind of do it a little free form. And then the next year, I'll, have, I'll be like, oh, that was easy. So I'll plan everything out and have a schedule to keep it. So this year, I had a schedule that was so tightly packed that it wasn't until like 3.45 on Sunday that I really had nothing to do. <laughs> And I will never do that again. Note to self, do not overcommit because it was really exhausting. Well, I will say this to our listeners is that, uh, I mean, I think our commitment to interviews um, uh, live from Comic-Con has made it. And, and of course, they spike our uh, downloads so much 
that um, I mean, I, I I spent most of my time chasing interviews um, for for four days, and in some ways, either I did either I was chasing interviews or moderating a panel, mm-hmm. and. I looked up and yeah, it was somewhere like around three o'clock on 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 Sunday that I had some free time actually. Right, right, yeah. Um. But let, but but let's talk about this. So yes, there was plenty of publishing uh, news yes. at Ground yes. Zero was, for movies. There was plenty. There was plenty of comics, and you know, just to give a plug for my other podcast. Uh, yes. Three yeah, women oh, yes, in a hotel yes. room. So I was rooming once again with Bridget Alverson and Deb Aoki, and we managed, it was a struggle sometimes, but we managed to do four episodes of that podcast. It's up on SoundCloud. Uh, and uh, so, and you know, every night we would, or every morning really, we'd converge, and they, Bridget and Deb, would be full of comic book news, you know, like people they'd seen and books they'd read, and, uh, you know, it was inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and actually, um, uh, uh, Heidi and, uh, and, and my, um, uh, sort of, uh, our report, show report will be out in the next day or two, but, um, and now you did report a little bit that the diamond comics, uh, announced that, um, the periodical sales were down, but I will tell you uh, the, uh, the sense that the graphic novel book format comics, um, they're not going anywhere. They no. seem to be rising in importance. Well, uh, oh, go on. I'm sorry. No, they seem to be rising in importance. And certainly, there was news coming out of uh, Comic Con. I mean, I did a story um, with, about Yen Press launching a middle grade graphic novel line. Uh, it's going to be headed up by Ju Young Lee, who edits Svetlana Kimakova, who will be moved over from Yen Press to this new line uh, for her next graphic novel, Crushed. It's going to come out in 2018. Uh, she is like really. She, she's being fast tracked to be the new Raina Telgemeier. I mean, mm. she's selling hundreds of thousands of copies of her books. Yes, and uh, there was definitely no dearth of of you know announcements of new lines. Uh, also, um, IDW launched uh, announced a partnership with Glenar, the giant, yes. the third biggest French publisher. They're going to do a co-publishing deal. I think we're going to see more and more of this as yes. as we get more and more global comics. Um, what was the other one? Oh, Skybound, right? I, I, yeah, that was interesting. And, and this is a prose uh, line, but linked with probably one of the hottest <laughs> comics and TV properties going. Yeah. Yeah, it's got, you know, uh, so I guess we're going to see uh, uh, Walking Dead and um, prose series coming out pretty soon. Yeah, and uh, also... Um, it's see. a deal with Atria, which is an S&S yes. um, imprint, by the yes. way. Yes, uh, we also saw uh, announcements for Burger Books and Black Crown, uh, two imprints oh, yes. led by Karen yes. Berger and Shelley uh, Bond, uh, respectively. Uh, so we saw quite a few announcements. Uh, you know, the books that the were firmed up from there. Uh, Burger Books came out just before the show, but basically she's picking up some of the properties that were at Vertigo, and uh, as uh, with Incognito by Matt Johnson yeah. and Warren Please. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, so Shelley Bond announced three titles, which are, you know, definitely one is uh, Assassinistas by Tini Howard and Gilbert Hernandez, another called Punk's Not Dead by uh, the novelist David Barnett. So, you know, a lot more is coming through that. And most intriguingly, DC uh, kept alluding to that they are going to do a new line of standalone graphic novels and yeah. that are mature works. And is this coming from Vertigo or under Mark Doyle or who, what, where, why, when, we don't know. But they kept, mm-hmm. they kept kind of alluding to it every time they did a, 
did any kind of, you know, press event or announcement event, but without really talking about it. Okay, thanks a lot. <laughs> Interesting. Thanks a lot, Dad, Dan and Jim. Yeah, but also, um, uh, you know, yeah. before we move on, though, I do want to point out, so, you know, I went to the Diamond the diamond breakfast or excuse me, lunch, lunch, breakfast, whatever. Uh, all blends into one. And I wasn't able to stay for the whole thing, but I was there for the, val- uh, the diamond portion. And, uh, they did throw up a slide that, uh, showed that, you know, sales are down through diamond yeah. this year and d- yeah. graphic novels are down 13% in both yeah. units and dollars. So, uh, you know, I didn't hear, you know, paradoxically, I didn't hear anybody fretting about the graphic novel market because the book market seems to be so strong, you know, but but the numbers in the direct sales market are not that great this year. Mm. Yeah. Well, I know on the book side, you know, most retailers are not going to, I mean, in, uh, I, I, in fact, I'm not sure that they're necessarily down in the book trade. I, I did see some numbers recently, um, but but I know on the the book side, people tend to. I mean, everything happens from September on. Right. I mean, that's that's when you know. What do they say? It's not how you start; it's how you finish. Well, that's right. even more the case in the book trade. Right. Um, right. The fall uh, means everything. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So we'll see. But yeah, um, um, we'll have to keep an eye on that here at uh, more. Yeah, we will. And I, 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 there was definitely also uh, quite a bit of. Uh, concern certainly that was the number one topic of gossip like what's going on with marvel you know uh dc had a lot of strong announcements they announced a lot of stuff with this dark metal batman storyline that scott snyder is spearheading uh they announced this you know not to my taste but um doomsday clock thing that uh jeff johns is writing and gary frank is drawing that's going to be dr manhattan versus superman uh you know they continue with the young animal stuff and uh, oh, the Harlequin. Uh, we were at the announcement for the Harlequin yes. um, uh, stuff. Twenty um, fifth uh, anniversary celebration. Yes. Uh, of the character, um, she's running for mayor. In, yeah. In the fall, uh, so you can look for more stuff. Uh, and and the amiable, genial, creative team of uh, Jimmy Palmiotti, Amanda Connor, and uh, Paul Dini. Yes. Uh, uh, they so were, yeah. So the, and also they're going to do like they do Batman Day every fall. Oh, yes. But this year Harley's going to take it over, so it's Harley Day. Yes. Yes, that's right. Yes. yes. So just to jump back for a second, because I want to let people know that we uh, uh, that Karen Berger is one of our um, live interviews. So we we actually sat down and talked with and she got a chance to talk about her whole line and the four titles that she's leading with. And you're right. It's a mix of old and new uh, vertical stuff that she's had out before and new things now, um, including uh, Anthony Bourdain and Joel Rose, right. who are doing this kind of. Uh, reprise of uh what an old uh, uh, kind of this thing that's associated with samurais where they tell ghost stories right so uh, they're launching with four books so but yeah check it out yeah so there's a lot coming i but still definitely a lot of concern about marvel um you know they didn't have oh, sure. a whole lot coming out they talked they didn't have a legacy panel uh, legacy is their initiative coming this fall you know they talked about secret uh, empire i mean they did talk about it on their next big thing panel a little bit but uh, nothing really. Really, the biggest announcement from Marvel was that Ed Pisker is going to do this, this kind of hip hop family tree style history of the X Men. Yeah, his, well, actually, in his that's kind of antique cool, style, it's very cool. But you know, yeah, that's not exactly what I was expecting from Marvel. Well, true, true. I mean, uh, I, Marvel goes indie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of funny. For one book, at least. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, let's see. Where are we now? I mean, there's so much that went on. Um, uh, I, diversity, I think, continues to be a pretty, a, a very powerful uh, force um, in the comics world, certainly Absolutely. among the fans. Um, uh, you know, we did uh, 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 Heidi organized, a, and I moderated a, I thought, an excellent um, panel um, so, selling graphic novels to a diverse audience. We had a fabulous panel. Uh, Kristen Perez, um, Jennifer Haynes uh, from The Dragon in Guelph. Uh, and I think Perez is in Santa Monica, Heidi Ho Comics. Uh, the fabulous Terrence Irvins from Kinokuniya. And of course, Chris Butcher, former managing uh, a manager of Be- The Beguiling, as he moves into an editorial role at Viz, but obviously a super smart retail. And, um, uh, and we actually recorded that panel. So somewhere down the road, we will plug it in to uh excellent. yes because i indeed did record it yes Cal as i was instructed finally remembered and, to do and this. good thing because it really was an excellent panel um by all and yeah. they really have a whole bunch of strategies for how that they're approaching this market and and how important the book format is i look forward to hearing that i was on a panel on sunday that was organized as part of the eisner 100 celebration uh, since Eisner, Will Eisner was such an important, you know, publisher, this co- covered kind of the future of publishers. So it was myself, Gina Gagliano from First Second, Kurt Hassler from Yen Press, uh, Andrea Colvin from Lion Forge, and one other person, ah, Philip Sub- Sublick from oh, yeah. uh, Boom oh. Studios. So, uh, you know, I recorded mine also. Uh, it was Sunday, oh. so maybe not quite as perky. But, you know, Kurt pointed out some very important things. You know, the real problem, there, we have two problems right now. And, and one is discoverability. It's still hard for people to sure. discover material they like. And number two, most important, the number of outlets. The number of outlets mm. that sell ground. And he pointed out that Amazon, with their line of upcoming bookstores, is now the fifth largest book chain in America. <laughs> yeah. And they have That's... only 13 stores. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That was Jim Milliot. If I may plug my boss, that was Jim Milliot's story. He that we led at Book Expo with that story. Yes, that Amazon is now the fifth leading um, book chain in the country. And I think they had fewer stores at Book Expo. They've opened up, I think, one or two more since then. Right, right. So um, yeah, read it and weep, Barnes and Noble. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think. Listen, I think it was it was all you know, great stuff, very positive, amazing creators who were there. You know, Sonny Liu, Bridget Fadekli, and Louis Trondheim oh, were there. The, the Eisners, um, yeah, yes, three three wins for. I mean, three Eisners for uh, Sonny Liu's uh, the art of Charlie Chan Hock Che. Amazing. Um, and I think a book that we part uh, highlighted on this show, Jill Thompson's. Um, Wonder Woman, the true Amazon, won the Best New Graphic Novel Award. Um, and we haven't seen a superhero book win uh, the top award, I think, in the last few years. Um, but that's, a, I mean, but it's her handling of that story, and both the art and the writing, I think, was really special. And uh, the judges recognized that. Right. It was. They were sorry. And, you know, I did not go to the Eisners this year. Like every five years or so, I s- skip out. Uh, for various reasons, but um, I'm I'm bummed. But because uh, yeah, I hear who, uh, Jaime Hernandez and Gilbert Hernandez yes. made, finally got into the well, not finally, but we're in the Hall of Fame. Actually, they were in the first, Hall of Fame. First ballot inductees. Yes, and it was very funny the way uh, Aragon has announced it too, because mm-hmm. uh, they announced Gilbert first. Of course, he's the oldest, mm-hmm. and 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 Aragon is sort of 
joked and hinted that, well, you know, the kid brother will just have to wait another year before he gets in. But then he, <laughs> then he, then he said, no, no, no. Next, and then the next <laughs> announcement was was Jaime, and so you know the the, the crowd went wild. <laughs> Right. So they went in together. And we should point out, March Book Three took yet again the nonfiction right. uh, graphic novel award. And 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 on a on a very somber note, but ultimately inspirational note, uh, Andrew Iden, the co-author, I mean, his mother died three weeks ago. Oh. And and she was an incredible force in his life and encouraging to him. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he said his family urged him to come because they were nominated to go to Comic-Con, you know, just to help him get back to normal. So um, uh, John Lewis wasn't there, although apparently he was on the way there, but he couldn't get there in time. But Nate Powell was there and they accepted in in a somber mode, but really in a celebratory mode as well. Yes, indeed. So, uh, yep. Uh, But anyway, I was just going to say, I do think everything is great. Uh, You know, I mean, overall, very strong, as usual, onward and upward with creativity, creatively. But I think we're in for an interesting time right now in the direct sales market. I think we are seeing, and and, you know, DC's publishers acknowledge this. I I was not at the panel, but apparently Dan DiDio did go off on some kind of, um, like, inspirational speech, Braveheart style, about how, they will not let the direct sales market fail. And they, DC is, you know, mm. trying to shore things up and they are moving and they know that the marketplace is changing. I mean, you know, duh to that. But yeah. um, <laughs> but they are, you know, DC is is responding to to all these market changes. And so we're, we're seeing we're seeing um, uh, an evolution happen before our eyes. Maybe we can hook the direct market up with uh, Barnes and Noble. Maybe yeah, they can like tag team and, and help get their acts together. They both could use. They both need some work. Uh, if I can just jump in with some manga news here, I did sit down with uh, Kevin Hamlin, the, the director of marketing at Viz, and they're having, as he quote unquote, a kick-ass uh, year, kick-ass first quarter. They're up double digits. Um, um, uh, what's this? They are up double digits in every channel. And this is the fourth year in a row that they've had growth. Uh, They're very excited. Uh, They're launching uh, even more um, of their manga on on Overdrive, the library vendor. Uh, And this has been one year they've been on there. And it went from zero to the number fifth most uh, used channel out of the nine uh, channels that they use. Wow. Uh, so they're really plugging it that way and they're doing a few light novels. Um, uh, and they're actually working with Hoopla. They're not on Hoopla, but the only because Hoopla doesn't have a reader that will allow you to read manga right to left. Oh, so they are actually at work on that. And there will be, when they get that together, they expect to actually be uh, uh, to put uh, a lot of their manga up on Hoopla as well. Hoopla is the, the digital library, in effect, subscription service. Right. It's, right. It's oh, free and, to and they were at Comic Con. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah I they didn't did. See them, but they I had a uh, they had a booth there, uh, which I saw on one of my very rare forays into the uh, dealer's room. So, Kate, was uh, there anything that you saw from afar that that caught? Well, uh, John Lewis leading a protest march through Comic Con certainly springs to I, mind. You know what? They told me that was coming, and I missed it. 
Yes, but uh, you missed Walton, it, Calvin. I did miss it. Lee Walton did mention it that he was coming. He mentioned it to me at no, excuse me, not Lee Walton. Nate Powell mentioned it at the Eisners and said he was coming and that he was going to be marching. But I, I got I was chasing interviews. <laughs> so sorry, Calvin. Yeah, well. <laughs> um, well, the thing that really got people very excited, even though you know we sort of all knew it was coming, was okay. Background. I spent this weekend at a completely different con, a fan-run mini-con called Connections. And more on that later. And so I was surrounded by fans at a convention run by fans for fans. And when the announcement of officially, yes, they they are going to do a second Wonder Woman movie went out, everyone went, woo, (laughs) when someone read it off their cell phone. (laughs) I didn't get that news for... Anything else at Comic Con caused a reaction from just like random con goers like that. <laughs> awesome. I mean, I know it's kind of news we sort of had, but on the other hand, because this was a crowd of literally, there was like, there were like two men at the convention. Um, <laughs> literally, <laughs> I said it was small, but like you know, there were like mm, sixty members of the convention, two of whom were men. Um, I think people female fans have gotten skeptical enough that like people are like, Oh, well, you know, maybe, maybe they won't do a second wonder woman movie for years. Maybe they'll just take Patty Jenkins and make her do a Superman movie instead. Because, <laughs> because, you know, people have gotten, um, bitter. well, that might be interesting, frankly, but uh... it would, it would be fine for her to do that. But like, it, it was like, Oh, uh, what if they do that instead of a Wonder Woman? Movie? Right. Yeah. Well, nobody wants to see that. Yeah. So, right. uh, so people were very happy when what I mean, logically, you could all see was coming, um, but emotionally, was good to hear confirmed. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, Wonder Woman was definitely the the queen of Comic Con this year. There were so many people dressed up as her, and I uh, do so. mean, and I do mean people. I don't mean men. I don't mean women. I mean people. <laughs> At all ages, and uh, Gal Gadot was there, and, you know, she just kills it. She kills it. There was this little video of the, oh, the yeah, Justice I seen it, but I yeah. a signing at the DC booth, and this little girl, like 10-year-old girl, dressed as Wonder Woman comes up, and she is so ex- excited that she bursts into tears, and you see Gal Gadot, uh, who plays Wonder Woman, obviously, um, you know, comforting this child and just being, you know, so tender, and... Uh, you know, she's a mom herself, so, uh, you know, her motherly instincts kick in. But, but I mean, she just kills everything she does. It's yeah. just so, so stately. <laughs> yeah. No. Were there a lot of people dressed up as random Amazons, not just Wonder Woman? You know, I didn't see. I talked to, actually on Wednesday, I did a tour. Of there the were s- a lot of Wonder Woman. Yes. I, I, I believe that, I did but... not see as many Antiopes and Hippolypa, especially Antiopes. How do you ever you say it? Uh, I, I expected to see more on Taipees, but um, uh, I talked at Slideshow on Wednesday. I, they were giving us a tour. They had some awesome Wonder Woman figures. And I said, you know, uh, are, are you going to do more Amazons? I mean, I, you know, everybody, I'm sure, would love to have an Antiope uh, action figure. And they said, you know, that's on our wish list. And uh, we're definitely looking to do that for next year. So I think you're going to see... The Amazons kind of continue to be get you know have legs and be these kind of cult characters as we move towards Wonder Woman two and certainly uh, in the Justice League movie which comes out at the end of the year you know we're getting more Wonder Woman so we get double yeah. double our pleasure yeah 
So bring it on. Bring it on. Uh, okay. okay. Um, Let's see. Well, can I, um, can, let me just throw Oh, and, in. and here's one yeah. thing that sure, uh, is like some, as far as, as far as San Diego Comic-Con having things that aren't comics, but are appealing to the same audience and are desperate to like get attention again. Right. Uh, Supernatural, a show that has long outlived its lifespan, um, but somehow still exists, had a panel at San Diego Comic-Con and the show is very closely identified with the song Carry On My Wayward Son by Kansas. They Carry played it like on. the most emotional moments. They had Kansas there playing it live on stage. Yes. I, I, I did not see that until yesterday, but when I did, I was like, well played. And, you know, the <laughs> okay. other thing, I did go to Hall H and for the big movie studio, that was my Saturday, was spent, you know, getting into Hall H for the uh, Warner Brothers presentation, followed by the, Mar- and the Marvel presentation at the end of the day, so... Uh, and for the DC one or the Warner Brothers one, I was able to get it very early and had a second row seat. So, you know, I was cool. Close. I mean, that's why Heidi is the beat. Well, I am, <laughs> but I mean, you know, for me personally, being this, you know, like a few feet away from Steven Spielberg and Harrison Ford separately, different panels, was still kind of, you know, a uh, bucket list. Uh, uh, yeah. But 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 <laughs> at the end of the day, I was way back in the back of the room, and the Marvel showed uh, Thor Ragnarok footage and Black Panther footage, and you know the, the Black Panther got a standing ovation, and uh, you know Twitter is just a fire over this movie, and and it looks fantastic. It looks so different from other Marvel movies, and of course, let's you know it's got an almost all black it's got cast. a lot of black people in it, and it's, yeah, and directed by Ryan Coogler, who and it yeah. just it looks so. Was it was it different from the trailer? Yes, they did. They showed like a few scenes that uh, really had a James Bond feel to me because mm-hmm. it wasn't set in a casino, so of course that's going to be yeah. James Bond. And uh, T'Challa was dressed up in a uh, you know, evening wear as were the characters played by Denai Guerrera and Lupita Nyong'o. And, but, you know, they went down the line. They had almost the whole cast there. And they were talking cool. about, uh, you know, I mentioned this in my report. I don't know if it made it, but but I didn't have time to go into details. But, but you know, they mentioned that one of the actresses is playing uh, T'Challa's little sister. And she is the technological whiz of Wakanda. You know, she's the ga- yeah. gadget. She's the gizmo. She's the one who's making all the stuff. And... Uh, you know, Danai Guerrera, who who plays Michonne on Walking Dead, but she is also in this movie. And uh, she just said how thrilled she was. And she said, you know, to have a movie that's about the most technologically uh, advanced country of the world and that country is on the African continent is just, you know, so exciting to her. And she can't wait. It's, and there's a lot of really, really fantastic stuff in this movie. And, right. um, yeah, it's exciting. All right. Excellent. Um, if I may, I, I do want to mention an interesting um, uh, item that came up when I was uh, having my annual debriefing of, uh, of, uh, of Kyo uh, Liang. Coup to everyone uh, who runs uh, Diamond Book Distributors. Uh, have you heard of this um, uh, European trade show company called Easy Fares? Easy Fares, no. Yeah. Well, apparently they're the uh, read exhibitions of Europe. Uh-huh. And they do trade shows, uh, but they are apparently getting into the popular pop culture consumer show business in a big way with plans to open up 
at least 12 Comic Cons of varying sizes in cities all over Europe. So, something wow. to, to keep an eye on. And these are American style uh, shows, not, you know, Angle Limb style shows. Right. Well, uh, there's more of that coming to. Yeah to uh, Europe, uh, China, uh, everywhere around the world. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Comic-Con's uh, culture shows no sign of slowing down. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, certainly San Diego Comic-Con was more proof of that. Now, but Kate, I am so intrigued. So you were at another event during Comic-Con. So tell us about that. Well, um, it's a little fan-run con. Um, cool. What's it down- called? It's called Connections, mm-hmm. um, spelled with an X, um, because I guess that makes it easier to Google. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know. Search engine optimized, sure. <laughs> yep. And it's pretty much an almost all-female show. I mean, there are like, I don't know, 60 fans there. It's completely, not only fan-run, like there are no guests the mm-hmm. guests are the members are the fans and you know it's it's a pretty chill place for you know fans who like to write hanging out talking about writing talking about fan stuff and um while i was there um one the number one most attended panel was the one where everyone was talking about wonder woman mm-hmm. and the consensus pretty much was yeah, sure, we like Steve Trevor. No, we don't particularly need him back. Right. <laughs> um, you know, he, he did his thing. He was good. That's fine. He's dead. Moving on. <laughs> so, you know, no one was real thrilled to hear that he was in the cast for the next one. They're just like, oh, I hope that's a flashback. I don't need undead Steve Trevor. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and... Uh, I had a very interesting encounter where um, somebody who... I had not, like, this is not somebody who I had previously told about our podcast in years past. This was just somebody who knew me as a fan, came up to me and was like, are you on more to come? And I was like, what? A fan in the wild? How? There you go. Wow, this is amazing. This is truly Um, amazing. Yeah, apparently she found us when she was like, I want a, to find a podcast uh, which has more than one female host. And it's about comics. Well, and she found two. She found girls interrupting, and she found us. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think there are more than two, but there's not more than a handful. So yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think she may have seen other candidates, yeah. but those were the ones she right. chose. Well, nice. Mm-hmm. nice. And uh, she said that she liked the uh, industry aspect of it, but also. Uh, asked if maybe we could cover more uh, European comics. He was like, it's good when you do that. Could you do more of that? He was, I don't know anything about it, so it's interesting when I hear about it. And that's actually something I had heard uh, mm-hmm. from one of like the few other fans I've ever met um, when we were at New York Comic Con last year. Some guy was like, oh, more to come. Yeah, you guys are great. Uh, I love it when you do Euro comics. Well, so, that, that's good for her because, you know, I've got an interview with... Um, um, uh, Monsieur Jean Dufo, uh, really a legendary European comics writer, and he's got a new book coming out, Spellbound. So, and uh, we also interview the artist uh, Jose Luis Munero. So, yeah, well, Calvin, you were kicking it with interviews, uh, and uh, you know we'll plug those in one minute. I want to bring up one last news item because this was really bizarre. 
This I did not see until yesterday when I was on the train. But did you guys hear about how United Airlines told people they couldn't bring <laughs> comics on their flight? Yes. Or they couldn't check comics in their flights? Well, there was some confusion over that, yes. yes. And the TSA did issue a clarification. I know. But, you know, we, we, but, but, but apparently there, like last year the TSA suggested – suggested yes. that if you're coming back from Comic-Con, you might not want to put a lot of comics in your bags because that would make the weight so high that they would trigger an automatic check and that would slow things down. That's perfectly sensible. So this yeah. Although unite- there's another thing I heard. I heard that glossy covers on anything, both comics and programs, um, uh, are uh, look suspicious to the x-ray machine. Oh, possibly, possibly. That's another. That's another yeah. uh, thing that I read was right. a possibly p- a part of this. Well, whatever it was, United took this to mean that they yeah. put up actual. I thought this was a joke, but they put up actual advisories that <laughs> it says Comic Con attendees remove all comics, all books from check bags, and then the T- yeah. and of course people are like, "What the hell?" And then <laughs> yeah. the TSA actually tweeted. There are no TSA restrictions on checking comic books or any of that types of books. Please read yeah. one. So anyway, United, you suck. Yes, <laughs> yes. But it but, but believe me, it definitely set the, the internet with with nuts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so because Robin, that's I hear you does. ran into one of our fans at the con. Yes, as a matter of fact, I did. And in fact I was in fact I was standing at a at the Europe Comics booth. Uh Talking with uh, Nazeli uh, Kuregan, the, the delightful uh, marketing uh, director there, and uh, and unfortunately I didn't get his name, but um, really nice guy uh, heard, asked me my name, said you, uh, you're on more to come, said how much he loved the show, that um, very informative for him. He looks forward every week. He thinks we're doing a great job, and um, you know he made my day. Yeah. That's great. Well, um, we have one more interview from San Diego. Uh, yes. That didn't fit on our last one. So we have we have upcoming my interview with Nyla Magruder, the award-winning creator of MFK and other stuff that's coming up. So we're going to that in a, uh, right after this. But um, anything else? Any other last words from Comic-Con 2017? Um, can I, you know, I'd love to plug um... – uh, one book. I, well, I'd, love, I'd love to plug two books. Um, uh, Top Shelf has a, just a, an absolutely gorgeous uh, graphic novel from a new author, uh, Campbell White. He's an Aust- he's Australian. Oh yes, book, yes. The book is called Home Time Under the River. I don't know if you've gotten it into review yet, Heidi. It's the the drawing is gorgeous. Drop dead. The characters are so engaging. They drag you into the story. It's a kids book, and it's about a group of kids who fall into a river and end up in an enchanted forest. But I've only read like the first 20 pages or so, but I'm completely hooked on it. Yeah. It um, I've seen a preview and it looks incredible. Oh, beautiful drawing. But I just, I think the story writing skills are just as, just as strong. And I've been, I have not read this book, but I've been hearing about it. It's called the sound of the world by heart by Giacomo Villavacqua. I hope I'm, I'm I apologize. Yes. yes. This book is out already though, right? Yes, it is out already. Okay. Yes, and um, but I noticed people were talking about it at Comic Con, so um, something to keep an eye on. Yeah. It's from Magnetic Press, and, and from uh, obviously Lion Forge, who um, who also was there talking about their new lineup of superheroes, and and people seem to be talking about the um, 
there's a character with Down syndrome, yes, right? Yes, yes, there's a lot of talk, so, yeah. And also, I got a pile of comics. I haven't read them yet, but I'm, yeah. I'm going to get the superhero thing down. And they're putting out a lot of really fantastic-looking kids' books and your and European yes. comics. So, yes. you know what, we we should spotlight those on a future podcast if you want more European yes. stuff because they they have magnetic press now. But they put out some great comics from yeah. Europe. So, all right. Well, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to talk to Nyla Magruder now. And, yeah. Uh, but I until, hear that myself. <laughs> until then, there will be more. To come. Uh, hi, welcome to More to Come, PDW Comics World's weekly podcast of comics and graphic novel publishing. We are continuing our live coverage at San Diego Comic Con. Uh, the, the agony, the ecstasy that are at the comics. Uh, I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm here right now with Nyla Magruder, the creator of MFK, coming this fall from Inside Editions, correct? Yes. And uh, But originally a webcomic. And uh, which started, how long ago did you start the MFK? Or MFK, not the, right? Yes, MFK. It started January 2012, so it's been, a, been about five years now. Yeah. Now, were you doing, you were doing animation work before that? Or where did you come from? Well, yeah, like I studied animation in college. And funny enough, the week that MFK launched was when I first started working out here in Los Angeles. That was my my first uh, film job at Soapbox Films. And I stayed there about three years before moving on to DreamWorks Television. So yeah, since I've been living out here, it's been mostly animation and right. television work. Right. But there, there's, I mean, it seems like there's quite a lot of going on out here oh, in yeah. that world. So uh, yeah, I like mean, you can't <laughs> throw a stick without hitting someone that works in media. Right, right. So now did you want to do comics? Was that your goal? Or did you want to be an illustrator? Or how did, what's the secret? Now? Gosh, I don't know. Like, so animation has always been my first love. And I've also always loved drawing. I think animation was kind of my gateway into other forms of media. I also love children's books from a young age. But I like animation was always my focus. Um, I think I kind of fell into doing comics because it was easy to do. It was easier than starting my own animated television series. Right. Um, <laughs> and when I was in school, there was always a school paper, and I always fell into cartooning for the school paper because it was like the one opportunity in school to draw and not have it require a grade. And so I was always doing journalism, cartooning, and, you know, watching cartoons and reading manga as I got older. And I kind of transitioned into doing my own comics. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's great. Now, um, I mean, I, you know, the MFK, I say the M, BFK, because I'm tired. And <laughs> uh, it's Saturday here at Combat. Uh, MFK got some some attention actually it won the Dwayne McDuffie you were the first inaugural winner of the Dwayne McDuffie University Award which disclosure I was a judge on so I was a big supporter of the book and uh you know that got I mean how how did that work out for you I mean it definitely got you some more attention right it did and you know that first day like the day that I was announced as a winner was crazy like my phone was just buzzing off the hook I eventually had to turn it on silent (laughs) you know I was getting texts I was getting tweets Facebook notifications it was amazing it was like such amazing publicity for MFK and that kind of launched it into just a new plane of existence I guess 
um, I think a lot of good things have come from that win. Right. Yeah. And you were, I mean, it wasn't finished at that point, so you were kind no. of still underway. And, uh, but I, I know, because you were doing children's books as well at the same time, right? I was trying. Um, I think, yeah, around the same time I had yeah. sold my first picture book. And so it all kind of, it all kind of landed at the same time. It was very strange. Right. You know, I was hustling in so many different areas for a few years, just trying to find something that would stick. Right. And right. it all stuck at once. <laughs> well, that's always, that's kind of always the way. Uh, now, MFK is, I guess I'd call it kind of a classic, like, YA fantasy. Is that an accurate? It's about a girl so. who's trying to find her. She's trying to, to scatter her grandma's ashes. Her mother's ashes. Her mother's ashes, yes. I'm sorry. Yes. And, and tell, tell us a little bit more about the book and how it, you know, developed. Um, well, I started it in, I guess, 2002. Um, back then, I was very into reading shonen manga. So, One Piece, Naruto, Bleach, uh, Shaman King. I was really into boys' action series. But I was noticing a common thread in all of them. And I started thinking to myself, I love these stories, but I want to see one that's about a girl. And so, that was kind of first germination of mfk like and funny enough the main character abby is not the first character i came up with um the first character i ever drew from mfk has not even been introduced <laughs> in the series yet but that was you know that was the starting point for that series i knew i wanted something something in the vein of shonen you know something with that feel very action adventure very coming of age but the gender roles are balanced and so that's always been a focus for me is that you know abby's the main character the girl is the main character but i also want as much gender parity as i can in the story um and so yeah like it's you know it started so long ago um it's been about 10 10 or 15 years wow. yeah of developing this story and taking inspiration from my own life experiences my own like my own journey through life yeah, well, it's great, and I mean, it's wonderful that Insight has got it in their line of um, graphic novels, so everybody will, you know, who doesn't have the time to click through on the web, um, yeah. which is most, <laughs> that's certainly me. I so enjoy it when it is collected, and I get to sit down and read it uh, and experience it another way. So it's coming out in September, right? Yes, September 26th. Yes. So now, what else do you have cooking, though? I mean, I see your name on all of I know you've got some stuff from Marvel. I mean, you, you've been a busy, busy lady. I have been. Um, yeah, I published a story with Marvel last year. It is a tippy-toe squirrel rocket raccoon team-up. It's very cute. Um, and you can buy it digitally, or I think physical copies still exist. Uh, it's been collected in the A Year of Marvels trade, which came out, I believe, in May. Um, I, currently, I'm working on illustrating a new graphic novel called Creaky Acres. It's being written by Callista Brill, who was also an editor at First Second Books. And we're looking forward to that. It's about horseback riding. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, Callista is a good friend of P.W. Mordecai. Uh She has been a guest on, on the uh, podcast many times. And um, so what a small world. Yeah. Now, is the book com not coming out for First Second, right? No, it's coming out from Dial Books for Young Readers. Right. Yes. And, and it should be landing in 2019. Right, right. Well, that's fantastic. So it's about... 
girls and horses. Yeah, it's <laughs> the about classic a, kind of. A <laughs> yes. Huh? Yeah, it's about a girl who moves to a new town and has to join a new kind of very country rundown uh, barn that is not like the pristine hunters club that she's used to. And it's about her adjusting to farm life. Right now, are you? Uh, do you like drawing horses? I know some artists say they're one of the hardest. I know, <laughs> I know, and I'm very fortunate in that horses are hard. Yes, they're terrible, but I came to drawing uh, by way of animals. Ah. Animals were the first thing I ever learned to draw. In fact, I didn't learn how to draw people until high school. Mm-hmm. So I've had a lot of time to figure out horse anatomy. Right. Well, then. Uh, very good choice for this. Um, what about your uh, your own um, comics or your own books? I mean, are you writing some more stuff now, or I'm working on a couple of pitches. Um, I'm working on a new a new picture book, um, which also incidentally is about horses. Um, <laughs> and I'm working on a couple of prose novels. Right. Yeah. Wow. So you're really just digging in there. Yep. I'm yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I was so excited when I saw you did something for Marvel because obviously there's been a lot of discussion about getting new voices in at Marvel and in comics in general. And um, I mean, you know, getting you out there doing more stuff just because your stuff is so good. Seems like a really good idea. Yeah, I mean, is that is that something that um, I don't know? I mean, I, I do follow your Twitter, and sometimes on your Twitter, you know, kind of speak out about some stuff. Like, oh yeah. If there's sand in your, you, you know, you speak about it. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, I'm just, you know, I think I'm doing pretty okay, but I'm here for the community, and I I speak out in the interest of that. There's just so much. There's so much talent that exists in the indie circle that exists in web comics. And if you look at the numbers of who's being published, and not just at the big two, if you look at uh, if you look at indie publishers, if you look at children's books, you know, the numbers it's very homogenous. Right. You know, and right. it like a lot what we hear what we hear as creators a lot of the time is that, you know, like black women just aren't interested in writing or, you know, like a lot of people will say, well, if you want, if you want representation, then make your own. We're already making our own, but we've had, yeah, like we've had to find different avenues to get ourselves published. And thank goodness for things like Kickstarter, you look at Agents of the Realm by Mildred Lewis, you look at uh, Check Please by Ngozi, like, which is, you know, the highest grossing webcomic uh, on Kickstarter right now and also has been picked up yeah. by first, second books. The talent is there. We're making our own books. Um, Power and Magic, the anthology, right. just won a Prism Award, yes. you know, so. like... So, which I was also a judge for, by the way. Uh, so, what a small world, yes. Yeah, so I'm always being called a judge. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the talent is there, and, you know, we're... But, you, you know, okay, I, 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 you know, I fought against this, you know, obviously on my own my own battles, just to get people to admit that women read comics, let I mean, yeah. alone, you know, the background of the women, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, I guess they do, you know? And I mean... <laughs> 
Yeah, you figure 50% of the population. I, I wish this was a video and you could see Nyla's face right now because it was a classic. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, but so I, I'm kind of hopeful about it. And even when you were saying with MFK, like, oh, I want to do a book about girls. And now, I mean, look, it's good to see the pendulum swing the other way. But now it's so uncool to have a male protagonist. Yeah. Finally. You know, it's like... It's getting there. Yeah. yeah. Like you're definitely seeing... I don't know, like, I think Twitter and social media have done a lot for yeah. this, but I think um, you're seeing audiences realize that we don't have to take the same stories over and over. We can actually have a say in the content that we that right. we ingest. And, yeah. And that's been exciting to see. You know, you're seeing, you're seeing hints of change on different levels. You're seeing it in children's books. You're seeing it in film. And I, I think it's only going to keep growing. Like right now the pushback is very fierce because we are in the thick of it. You know, yeah. it's going to be a messy process, but the pendulum is swinging in a right. different direction. And I think even, um, you know, now that Wonder Woman is accepted um, and the reception to the, when the Black Panther trailer is shown, I mean, yeah. it's just through the roof. Um, and, I think, you know, it takes, unfortunately, it takes like these giant successes that were, you know, it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if we could make a Wonder Woman movie. Oh my God, it's so hard. You know, well, how can we make a Black Panther movie? I'm like, then you do it and it turns out it's awesome. And then people are like, oh, wow, cheesy. You know, I, I call it the vision thing, you know? Yeah. It's like, can't you envision this? It's pretty simple. Yeah, yeah, it's super weird. And still, you know, we still have producers who are, telling creators that certain things won't sell in this political climate right which i feel like is just an excuse because you know i was talking to creators 10 years ago who were hearing this exact same right. thing but right given a different reason so there's still you know there's still the old guard who's not used to new things yeah. and it's hard for them but you're seeing a lot more women a lot more creators of color coming up who are eventually going to get and to those decision-making positions. Right, and right. the tide is going to change. And, and I feel actually kind of, um, like, uh, a little heartened. I mean, we'll see what happens. But even here at the show, DC was saying about how they know the market has changed. And they are doing books for young readers. And they are doing, you know, more different kinds of projects. And they're at least paying, for now, lip service to the idea that they have to change what they're doing. So I, I think all of it getting, you know, just wider viewpoints in comics is, and children's books also is, is really a huge part of it. Well, um, well, you know, listen, I, I always hate to be like, you know, to bring up the, the activism stuff, but it seems like it's so important right now to, to speak out about that. But, um, but you know, who are, like, like who are uh, some of your artistic idols or, you know, heroes or, like, people? Oh, this is always hard because there's so many of them. Um... Gosh, I don't know. Uh, like, I really respect Tamika Stotts, who's just amazing. Yeah. And Spike Trotman, who are both just trailblazers as far as publishers and just multi-talented women who are doing so much to push comics forward and support the rest of us. Um, Ronald Wimberly is great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's like, incredible. Um, yeah, I yeah. mean that's it. There's a lot. There's a lot of great work out there. Yeah, Daryl Io. You know, he's a comic producer and also yeah. so like 
I go to his feed sometimes and just read his timeline because the content and his perspectives on comics. Yeah. So Daryl good. is like this ongoing kind of talk radio on Twitter. Exactly. <laughs> and J.A. Micheline, too. Like, uh, they're both great. Yeah, she great is. For yeah, comics she criticism. really is. And she really has such a keen eye for so much stuff. And, uh, you know, like, Listen, you don't want to get on the wrong side of either of those guys. Let me put it that way. Well, they, if well, people would just listen, I you know. know. I know that's it, though. You know, yeah. so we're trying. We're trying to get to get more of that out there. But um, well, that's so cool. Well, listen, um, it's finally. You know, we've been trying to meet up at cons for a long time, and uh, we finally have done it. And now you're on the podcast, so you know yeah. we're making more steps. Yes. <laughs> so Nyla, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and uh, we'll see you in the comics on the bookshelves. Oh, thanks for having me.